Welcome to episode 15 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversation with Psycharmor trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all the podcast players or by going to psycharmor.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by the generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. This episode is brought to you by PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military cultural content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners as well as custom training options for organizations. You can find more about PsychArmor at psycharmor.org. This week, I'm having a conversation about Camp Corral, a national nonprofit organization whose mission is to transform the lives of children of this nation's wounded, ill, and fallen military heroes. Since its inception in 2011, Camp Corral has served nearly 29,000 children from every state in the nation with resilience-based programs focused on the very unique attributes and challenges shared by military-connected children across the country. My guest today is Hannah Hutler-Boyd, Camp Corral's Chief Program Officer. Hannah is the builder of the Camp Corral programs where she diligently focuses on how best to empower the children of those who served. Hannah brings a deep understanding of camp administration as well as recreation and enrichment programming to the Camp Corral team. She serves as a subject matter expert on camp, recreation, and child and youth programming and advocates on behalf of military-connected children and their families. You can find out more about Hannah by taking a look at her bio in our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with her and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. My wife and I were married after I'd been in the Army for seven years, so we were together for a large portion of my military career. We have two children. One was born in 2000 and 2001, so not only were we starting a new family, then 9-11 happened, right, and the world changed. So the role of the military family is critical for the support of service members, but it's also a challenging life. Those who may not have served don't realize the significant difficulties that come along with being a military family member, but Camp Corral gets it. Yes, definitely. I am the spouse of a veteran myself and have two wonderful military stepchildren. We have definitely had our struggles, and I think that plays a big role in how we have developed programs with Camp Corral. paid attention more and more to the spouses of military service members and veterans, and we've paid more attention to caregivers, especially of our wounded warriors, but there still isn't a lot known or a lot of attention paid to the, the children of wounded warriors, especially. And while military kids tend to be very resilient and have a lot of pride in their parent service, they also face a lot of stressors, like you said, and can have a lot higher rates of trauma in their lives just because the military life does that to us. And so Camp Corral really has stepped in to fill that gap in service. We hear so often from parents that there isn't something else for their children to participate in, particularly those who have a wounded warrior. There aren't other programs for them. We know you make that transition off base, separate into being a veteran family. A lot of those services go away. And that's the same thing for the kids when you think about their school that they might be losing, the youth groups, their sports leagues, all of those things. So as much as we talk about on the veteran side, finding your tribe and reaching out and connecting with your battle buddies, kids need that too. They need to find their tribe. 
whether it's local or across the country, being able to have that connection with somebody else who understands um, and somebody who can walk into their home and be like, ooh, your mom or dad just did this really strange thing. And that's okay because mine does it too, unlike a lot of their civilian friends. So it's a really important opportunity to provide military kids with that connection to know that they're not alone, to know that there are other people out there like them, and to help them build those coping skills to, to deal with some of those challenges that come from being part of a veteran family. And, and I think that's an important incredibly important point is the stress that it has on military children. And Camp Corral is 10 years old, I think, this year, right? So you've been around for 10 years. But the problem of military brats and the impact of military service on children have been around for decades. Most specifically, my father and three of my uncles were in Vietnam. Me and my younger brother are both Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. And so understanding that in 15, 20 years, the military has become largely a family business in that a lot of these children may likely follow in their parents' footsteps. I saw it growing up, the impact of Vietnam, the impact of what it had on my family as the son of a combat veteran. It's something that's been needed for a very long time. Yeah, I think that's something that is missed a lot of the times when we talk about policymaking and that sort of thing. You really are not just supporting the child of a veteran, and forgive me, I don't know the statistic right off the top of my head, but it's something like 50% of military kids will grow up and join the military themselves. What other career path is there that has that high of a retention rate of family members? Uh, and so really, if we are investing in the children now, not only is it the right thing to do for the child to help them grow up and live their best life, it's also the best thing to do for our military and to be able to provide that child with the skill set to be a strong member of our nation's military. So I'm interested to hear how Camp Corral does what they do. There are many different ways that you could have done it, but you do this with the staple of a childhood, going away to a summer camp. But why is it this way, do you think, that Camp Corral has been so successful? Uh, we talk a lot in camp about the the time, the effect of time at camp. And an hour at camp is like a day in real life because you are in this small group doing sometimes really intense activities that you've never participated in before. So camp helps to create these bonds um, and forces kids and people really in general, if they're participating in camp, out of their box very quickly and helps to give them the opportunity to experience lots of things that they don't typically experience at home. And so to us, camp is naturally this therapeutic intervention. We don't have to create an additional therapeutic intervention to go with our program. Living in a cabin with people you've never met before naturally builds coping skills and uh, builds friendships and those connections that kids need. Going down a zip line for the first time is terrifying, but it also builds a child's confidence. Riding a horse for the first time, shooting an arrow and getting a bullseye, all of those things build confidence in these little tiny microchasms that add up to bigger resiliency skills that kids can take away at home. And when they're facing those stressful challenges at home, they can say, oh, you know what? I did something scarier than this when I had to climb the rock wall and jump off and rappel down for the first time. I can handle this bully that's happening at school or things of that nature. So it really is just that micro skill building in this week-long span that provides kids with the tools to be able to improve their mental health um, and improve 
their outlook on their situation when they're back at home. And so I'm curious, and a lot of the discussion in some of these supportive environments is take, in this example, a, a child of a wounded, ill, or injured service member and create this environment, but then they go back to their old environment. And does Camp Corral stay connected with their campers? Is, is there some type of way that you're able to connect them to longer-term services rather than just the week at the camp? That's really where we are right now. So we are in the process of developing what that looks like, developing year-round peer support groups. And with the help of help of Psych Armor and thanks to the generosity of DAV, we've been able to create uh, the course series that we have coming out with uh, respite tools and then the 15 things that military kids want you to know. We've got a bunch of different programs like that, that because of COVID, we have now been able to invest our time and energy into. And with COVID last summer, we didn't run camp. But having that opportunity to not be running around the country visiting camps all summer gave our staff the chance to really look at the rest of the year. Because a military child is a military child all year long. They have this one experience at camp, and we know that 50% of parents say that their child's mental health has improved after camp. But we really want to look for interventions for the rest of the year to continue that um, and to reinforce those skills that they learned and to reinforce those connections. We know right now that families meet at camp and their kids wearing cabins together and then all of a sudden they're taking vacations together. So there is some of that natural connection that happens, but we are in the process of really evaluating how we can support that through the rest of the year uh, with different tools and different avenues, especially now that we have so much video conferencing and that sort of stuff. It's a great way for kids who meet at a camp in Colorado and then go home to California to stay in connection with their friends. And I think that is one of the things now that we have the technology to provide um, the connectivity. You mentioned this peer support. Me growing up in the 80s, we would not have had the ability, like literally we had pen pals back then where you would literally write letters. But now you have the ability to be connected to people through technology. But also, this is what the partnership with PsychArmor, sponsored by the DAV, has been able to help you do is leverage technology because we when COVID hit, the needs that Camp Corral was meeting didn't go away suddenly. If anything, they increased. And so I'd like to hear more about the Life Tool for Mill Kids partnership and the program that you're doing with PsychArmor. Yeah, it's super exciting for us. And I think for the PsychArmor team as well, this has been a long time coming. So Camp Corral has been collecting data from our campers for years, for about seven years now. And we hear time and time again about what kids wish that the civilian community or their teachers or anybody like that knew about their lives. So we have all of this information from their own mouths, well, their hands, because they write it down on a survey uh, and share that with us. And we're able to compile that to better educate the external community about the needs of military kids. But also one of the things we hear about so much from parents and from kids, again, is that Camp Corral is the only opportunity for them that is specific to children of wounded warriors and specifically an opportunity to give them respite. And so we're focusing really heavily on that, especially with the world we're in right now through COVID. Respite is really hard to come by and providing children the opportunity to learn how to respite at home. You don't have to go to camp 
to take a break. And so how can we provide children with the knowledge and the skills to be able to provide themselves their own self-care while they're still at home, to know when they need to take a break, to empower them to be able to communicate when they need to take a break with their parents uh, or their caregiver or other adults in their lives. And then know the activities that are going to make a difference for them. And I think this video is going to be hugely helpful for adults who are working with military kids to say, oh yeah, okay, I'm not the only one in my household that needs breaks sometimes. You know, it's interesting. And you mentioned, obviously, a couple of times you've said the 15 things that military kids wish that people knew. One of the things when I describe the the different culture of military children is that my kids aren't from anywhere. They were both born in Germany, but they know that they're not German. My wife and I can point to the fact that I'm from Missouri. She's from Tennessee. They kind of remember Maryland, but they know they weren't born there and they remember moving here to Colorado. And so it's this typical ungrounded lifestyle. That's what I, and so is that maybe even one of the examples of the things that came out that military kids wish people knew? Yeah, that is definitely one of them. The transition, just transition through PCS moves, transition from uh, active duty National Guard or Reserve into a veteran lifestyle, all of those different transitions that kids have to make, that was important to them. Knowing that they serve in their own way, that it may be one of the parents is TDY or something like that in the household, and that child is now responsible for taking out the trash or walking their sibling into school, those extra responsibilities that they take on, as well as for our family with a wounded warrior, children really stepping in in the caregiving role. And we hear stories of kids jumping in in unexpected ways, making sure that when the alarm goes off for the medicine cabinet, that the parent hears it and goes and takes their medication or something as simple as helping a parent who jumped out of too many planes and has some knee challenges get around their house. Kids just want to be recognized. Like any of us, they want people to understand what they're doing, recognize what they're doing, and call attention to that. So I think there's a there are many other ways that kids uh, want people to understand what it's like to be a military child, and we'll see those in the course. But I think that just understanding of what the role of a military child is in the home is one of the most important things that we hear from kids all the time. Another thing that you had mentioned is the importance of peer support. And obviously, again, you say you said that we're really looking at that for veterans and things like that. But peer support, it's important to be able to have the conversation with somebody that is most familiar with you. I can talk to a 13-year-old, but I'm a 47-year-old talking to a 13-year-old. Number one, I wouldn't know half of the things that they're talking about. But being able to have that trained peer of the same age with the same experience, that increases that connectedness and resiliency. Yeah. We know from child development that having someone who can relate to you is so important. Peer support is really a big deal. It it is a foundation for our relationships and our connections in our future lives. And being able to learn from each other about the struggles you're going through, the struggles I'm going through, um, and how we can support each other is hugely important. But sometimes we don't even need to talk about it. 
I don't need to talk about my traumatic experience with somebody else who's had a similar traumatic experience to know that they understand where I'm coming from. And we can take that background and tackle that challenge that's in front of us right now. And having other kids at camp or uh, in other environments in these other programs who understand that is hugely important, especially when you have a younger child or a child who's just getting to that point where they understand what's happening. To have somebody else that can say, you know what, I've been there, I've done it. Here's what I've experienced. Here's what I've learned from it. And you're going to make your own mistakes, but I'm here to help support you when those things happen. I think, again, yes, you're trying to help kids feel better, but it is much more than that. As you said before, you're building them up for the future. I do a lot of work in suicide prevention. You're not necessarily saying that this is a suicide prevention program, but you're building an environment in which an individual is less likely, a young person is less likely to get into a suicidal crisis. And it really is, again, more about taking care of the the child and the family given respite to the the parent who is the non-wounded, ill, or injured veteran. And so I think all of these can really support the family, which then ultimately can support the service member or veteran. Yeah. And, you know, Dwayne, I'm glad you bring that up because on some of the, the not so positive sides of being a military child is we know that our kids struggle with self-harm tendencies. Uh, we've heard from our families that about 10% have attempted self-harm or suicide of our participants. And that is something that we don't know enough about. There isn't enough understanding of the mental health of military children. We really need to develop a better understanding and do the research to understand what's going on. We've got a lot of that research happening on the veteran side, but also what's happening on the dependent side. But knowing that, we know that we need to provide interventions regardless of how a person is doing right now. Being able to build up their mental health, being able to build up that resiliency toolbox so that they can cope when things get to that breaking point. I think it's critically important because military life just doesn't happen in a vacuum and the trauma doesn't happen in a vacuum and it does impact everyone. So if people wanted to find out more about what Camp Corral is doing, how can they do that? Yeah, of course. Our website is always a great source of information. Super simple. It's campcorral.org. Um, and then all of our social media handles are at Camp Corral. So we share as much information out as we possibly can, not only about what Camp Corral is doing, but also resources that are super relevant for our child population, for the, the wounded warrior family population as well. So those are great ways to find out what's going on, not only with Camp Corral, but also in the community. That's great. So I'll make sure that there's links to all of those in the show notes. Thanks for coming on the show today, Hannah. Yeah, thank you, Dwayne. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to share with your listeners about military kids and can't wait for those courses to be released. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, PsychArmor. PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. It's great to hear the work that Camp Corral is doing for the children of those who served. There's always a lot of focus on the service member or veteran, as they're the ones who actually served, but the family served right along with the service member. My children were in kindergarten and first grade on my first deployment and were approaching high school during my last one. This went through distinct stages of development, which is critical for children. 
We now know that there's a multi-generational impact of military service in several ways. First is the obvious one that I just referred to, one or sometimes even both parents serving in the military and the military child growing up in military bases and in military communities. Add in the challenges that go along with difficulties related to being catastrophically wounded, ill, or injured, and growing up as a military child is not necessarily an easy thing. Another way that the military has a multi-generational impact is something that Hannah and I referred to in the interview. Military and veteran children often serve in the military as they reach adulthood. My father was in Vietnam. My brother and I both served in Iraq and Afghanistan. We didn't have the typical military brat childhood as our father was out of the military by the time we came along. And we, in fact, were actively discouraged from joining the military, but it ended up happening anyway. And finally, the country is currently engaged in a multi-generational conflict, which has never happened before in the United States. The most senior leaders in the military at the beginning of the global war on terror served in Vietnam or during the Vietnam era. Then my generation came along, which had a tale of two careers, serving before 9-11 and after, and then the following generation, our children. I've seen parents and children find each other and spend time together while they were deployed. As I've mentioned before, my son was born one month before 9-11. If he were in the military, there's a chance that he could have been deployed to the same location I was, and that hasn't happened before. So it's important to have unique solutions like camp corrals to address this unique situation. The other point that I would like to make is the importance of peer support and a shared perspective. We often think about peer support from a service member or veteran perspective, in the Army, we have a program called the Better Opportunities for Single Soldiers, or BOSS. Back in my day, there was sort of like unofficial union reps for single soldiers, advocating for the needs of single soldiers and helping to boost morale. Now, as I understand it, they're also involved in helping to address suicide prevention and sexual harassment and assault prevention that single soldiers might experience. The Department of Veterans Affairs has trained peer support specialists. But if the shared experience combined with specific training and providing support is beneficial to help people overcome what's bothering them, the same should be true and is true with the children of wounded, ill, or injured service members. We're teaching our children to be scientists and teachers and everything else. There's nothing to say that they can't learn to support each other through struggle and crisis. Some may make the argument that this is too much of a burden to be placed on a young person, but the counter-argument is many of them are experiencing a burden anyway and supporting others may be a way to lessen that burden. So make sure to check out Camp Corral if you're interested in the work they're doing to help the children of those who served. While you're at it, take a look at the Psych Armor Resource of the Week, the course on supporting children who support veterans. If a child helps out with caregiving for a parent or other veteran family member who is ill or injured, who gives that child extra support? These children are often overlooked. The goal of supporting children who support veterans is to give you some information and resources to help you find ways to support a child if they're assisting with caregiving of a family member or if they're helping with other chores or responsibilities as a result of having an ill or injured family member. Although the children may be small, Psychomer hopes that this course provides some building blocks to address any parenting challenges that may occur as the children mature. So thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Take a look at the show notes, which you can find at psycharmor.org forward slash btm15, as well as finding the podcast on the PsychArmor website. You will find the link to everything we talked about in today's show, as well as hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. Thank you for joining me on this episode and for continuing to join us on this journey. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation, 
and make sure to engage with PsychArmor on social media to let us know what you think about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we would like for you to do that, but make sure you let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode, and until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.